Welcome to Walking with the Archetypes, the podcast which gives you keys to claiming your personal power. For more than a decade now, I've studied the King, Warrior, Magician, Lover archetypes, and in this time of great turmoil, I will reveal their secrets. My name is Ivan Fingenskjær-Schellum, founder of Men's Initiation, Reclaim Your Inner Throne, and it's time now to head outside and walk with the archetypes. Hey folks, I'm out in beaver country here again, walking across a little bridge, and um, yeah, feeling spicy. Glad to be out in nature now to to feel a bit of grounding, and this particular area is uh, kind of like marshy, and so I can feel the coolness in the air. It's a nice one, I'm feeling fiery like I am now. Um, There's a lot happening in the world now that pisses me off. And that breaks my heart because I'm seeing things happen in my general network on Facebook. But also, I'm picking it up in the way that I pick up the archetypal, in the way that I pick up the collective. That things are getting so spicy, so fiery, that it's very dangerous right now. I suspect that we will have to see something shake out in the physical for all of this stuff to actually calm down. And um, time will tell if that's true. But today in this podcast, as I walk around in this lovely environment, I'm going to be speaking to a couple of things that have been happening in my life. Uh, Allies that have been up to some twisted shit. Lisa Rankin, who was a woman that put me in touch with Charles Eisenstein some years back. Charles, for those who know or don't know, he he has been very instrumental in spreading reclaiming the throne. Thanks to him, a lot of men have been able to find their sovereignty with us because he, he's been an ally, essentially. And uh, Charles Eisenstein, he's been seeing what's been going on in terms of the mob mentality around the vax-anti-vax debate. And he wrote a beautiful essay that picked up on historical patterns suggesting um, similarities in what's been happening in very, very dangerous situations, historically speaking. It's not equating what's happening now with what happened in Nazi Germany, exactly, but he's pointing to the same patterns operating archetypally. And they are. And for that, for that warning to humanity so that humanity can actually get back on track, Lissa, in her projection frenzy, based on her own victimhood mentality and savior complex, she chose to cancel him because she didn't like his equation, even though he's actually... Uh, of Jewish descent and she just comes in there and calls him an anti-Semite and gets him cancelled. This happened this week. Fucking hate it. It's unacceptable for a grown person to act this way with other people. Unacceptable. And at the same time I'm hearing from other people around the world right now that their countries are essentially turning into police states. Why? Because there is a neurotic fear running the country where everything is about safety and nothing is about freedom. So we're about to get into a serious mess. 
And so in this podcast episode, I'm going to speak about why we need a sanctuary from all of this madness. And also why we need to reclaim the warrior archetype so that we can stop being so fearful and weak. That we don't value freedom. That we're actually willing to let people die because they have a different opinion than us. This is happening now. And if this is uncomfortable to you, don't listen to this podcast because we're going to get spicy. But if you're interested in actually having a serious look at some very problematic trends in humanity right now, then come with me as we dive in. So let's start with this story of Charles Eisenstein getting cancelled. Charles is a lovely guy. I've always seen him do his very best to be balanced in his presentation of his books and his essays. He's, I would say he's been excessively nice with people in his writing, really doing everything that he can to turn every stone so that nobody could be offended and he's just covering every perspective. But in this particular essay that he that he published recently about the mob mentality and the anti-vax, I'm not going to go into details about this particular essay, uh, but I'm going to just go into some of the patterns. Also, uh, Charles's wife Stella, she she wanted me to focus more on the future world that we're all building rather than to get really fiery about this particular cancellation. And I respect her for that. I thought that was um, that was generous of her to make that request. But still, there are patterns playing out here that have to do with the exile of our power and our over-reliance on sensitivity and vulnerability as ways of navigating the world. And then we become, we become weak. And I know, listen, I'm not going to speak much about her as a person. She, Michelle and I, we were with her. Uh, the summer of 2019, and she was lovely with us, she was generous. But as with so many people over the last couple of years, the pandemic has messed with her mind. And um, when she read this essay where Charles Eisenstein drew parallels between the mob mentality, where people are now basically saying that, okay, if you don't want to be vaxxed, then just, just lay down and die if you get the virus. We don't want you in our society anymore. Go away. You know, you have no place in society anymore because you're putting everyone at risk. Scientifically speaking, there's zero basis for this argument. We know by now that vaccinated and unvaccinated people have the exact same viral load. They're as uh, contagious and it's as, as likely to contract the virus. And so the only thing is really a conversation between a person and himself as to do I want to take the risk of an experimental treatment or do I want to take the risk of not taking it and just facing the virus with my immune system and any supplements I might have. So, so we're seeing this happen, right? And Lisa goes straight into this. Seeing a man that essentially warns us against a psychological pathogen, a virus of mass psychosis, where you dehumanize others for their difference of opinion to such an extent that you will actually let them die. If not actively, then just through neglect. The cancellation of Charles based on him warning us against this psychological pathogen that would other someone to the 
extent of wanting them to die, that that is incredibly unhealthy. And what is it that would have someone do that? What would a person like Lisa think that somebody warning us against that makes them an anti-Semite, a fascist, a cruel person? Here's the thing. If you have been so utterly led astray that you think that it's your responsibility to change other people and how they view the world and the, the decisions that they make. And if they don't make the decisions that you want them to make, then, then they're crazy and then they need to be fought. If, if somebody does that, they have gone far down the pathway to, to La La Land. Far. And, and it broke my heart to see um, somebody like Lisa Rankin in, in this uh, cancellation of Charles Eisenstein. You can, you can see this playing out on her Facebook page if you want. And you can also uh, read the essay that Charles wrote. Uh, I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes below. Um, but, but the way that she did it was pure virtue signaling. And as I was reading her takedown of Charles, I was thinking, are you seeing the same essay as I'm seeing? See, when we're losing our sovereignty and we become so entangled in our trauma-induced emotional responses, we stop being able to see reality as it rises before us. And so Lisa, wrote, Lisa read an essay that wasn't there. Lisa read an essay that wasn't there. And this is what so many people do these days when they're afraid of what's happening in the world, is that they see a world which isn't there. They see people that aren't there because they are weak. They have been trained to be weak. They have been trained to surrender their sovereignty and to actually not trust their body, not trust their power. This is happening a lot. And so they don't see reality. They see just the projections based on the fears that are arising inside of them as they are surrendering their sovereignty and their power. And the weaker I get through surrendering my sovereignty and my power, the more I need to control other people. And this is where the nanny state emerges. When I lived in the UK back in the days, we were talking a lot about how the UK was turning into a nanny state and that you, you'd see warnings against how to use the toilet paper in the right way so that you wouldn't hurt yourself with the toilet paper. I'm like, are you fucking shitting me? You don't trust that I can use toilet paper without killing myself? And, and this kind of um, messaging was very commonplace in, um, in the UK. And it wasn't because of the, the absurd legal system that is present in the US where people can be uh, fined or um, sued because, you know, coffee is warm or something like that. It's not that. It's just simply because the state becomes so convinced that the citizens are incapable of actually taking care of themselves that you need to, to protect them from life. And this is what starts happening. And this tendency has been going rampant during COVID-19 rampant where the, the smallest risk even though death rates for COVID-19 have been far lower than we'd be led to think based on the media coverage 
and especially for children, it's way less dangerous than the, the common flu, then we have been led to think that we, we need to fear each other, right? And, and sure, I'm not saying that there aren't any dangers posed here, but let me, let me read a comment from a friend based in Australia. And you let me know if you think this has gone far enough. So I'm just going to find this comment here. Um, yeah, here we go. So I asked my friend in Australia about the situation on the ground. Because my understanding is that essentially Australia has fallen. It is no longer a functional Western democracy. And so this is what he tells me. Australia has turned into a tyranny. Many are vehemently defending the absolutely immoral decisions of our leaders based on, of course, their fear and the standard rhetoric. We are isolated from the world and now even travel between states has been shut down. The major cities are in constant periods of lock, release, lock, release. Military is enforcing the lockdown in Sydney. And at any moment, anywhere, we are liable to go into what they call snap lockdown, where at pretty much an hour's notice, everyone is confined to their homes. Imagine the kind of shock. You get some sort of emergency message to your phone and you have to drop everything and just drive home immediately. Because otherwise, hefty fines are now in place for anyone found more than five kilometers from their homes. We're talking now, I believe, 5,000 Australian dollars if you are actually venturing more than five kilometers away from your home. And people aren't dying from COVID-19 in Australia. Just to be clear, it's very, very mild in Australia, as far as I understand. Okay, you may want to fact check me on this, but this is my understanding. Moving on, checkpoints and constant police presence are found in the cities. And still, the majority of the population is either bewildered in strong support or scared to resist. There is so much flip-flop of speaking and what is presented by the political body, instantaneous decisions and changes in guidelines. It is absolutely surreal. And we are one of the countries with by far the least impact on the population of the virus. Okay, so, so that's basically him confirming what I said. And this is what rapidly gains the support of those defending the tyrannical measures as proof of why this works. So basically, the, the low impact of the virus is used as an alibi to keep t uh, tyranny in place. Of course. We will lock down an entire region for several weeks simply because a single person tests positive. No, imagine that. So say, for instance, that you have a son, okay, and he tests positive. And if you were to actually report that, your entire uh, state or your entire city would go into lockdown. Because that, that one instance... Every single venue requires a QR code to sign into and whenever cases do occur, contact tracing leaps into action discovering everyone who was in the same vicinity at the same time. For now, those people are only informed to self-isolate. However, I have heard word of some people being dragged off to detainment camps. I have heard that as well. And so if he's right, if you are in some slight violation of protocol they send you to a fucking camp it goes on and on i don't know what the outcome will be 
However, we are certainly not in a democracy. We are in an overt police nation. Australia, August 2021. Now tell me, do you think it's worth it? Is your fear so strong that you are willing to surrender your democracy, your freedom? Possibly for the foreseeable future. Is it worth it? Feel into that question a little bit. And then I will continue this inquiry with you after the break. You're invited to the opening ceremony for Sanctuary. Sanctuary is our new community platform where we hold a bold vision of magnetizing future timelines for you and for humanity that have more goodness, more truth, more beauty, more thriving in them because we are headed in a dystopian direction. More polarization, conflict, perhaps even war brewing on the horizon, systemic breakdowns, the planet is hurting, and we're watching it all and we may get concerned. And that very concern is feeding the breakdown because we create the world with our intention and attention. So in this opening ceremony, you will receive a transmission of a vision of something better that will already now, starting August the 22nd, start setting you right with the forces of life and your heart and your soul so that you can be part of creating the better world. This is going to be a very special occasion and I want you to be there. More information and the registration link in the show notes down below. Welcome. Okay, welcome back. So before the break, I was covering the cancellation of Charles Eisenstein briefly, also the situation in Australia. And yeah, there's a bit of intensity here, not only in my voice, but in the world. And I'm concerned, like I'm very concerned. At the same time, I see that this is necessary. Because as humanity, we are so addicted to our identities. The very identities that cause us untold suffering. We're so addicted to them that we don't seem to be willing to surrender them unless there is a shakeup in the physical that is so painful, so traumatizing, that our whole identities fall apart. And so this is what Jung saw pre-World War II. He saw the psyche of the Germans, that there was something happening there that would likely play out in terms of war. And I see the same thing now. I don't know how this can be resolved, without a major shakeup in the physical. But here are some ideas as to what you can do. First of all, stop separation. Don't judge people if they are vaccinated or not. I am so happy that in the community that Michelle and I have chosen to live in for this period, we have vaccinated people and we have unvaccinated people and we treat each other with respect and even though me as an unvaccinated person has some concern about the vaccinated people, like I'm worried about their health, and they probably have a similar kind of concern for me that they're worried for my health, 
we choose to treat each other as sovereign people who can make sovereign decisions. And on that foundation, we get along swimmingly well. And I'm committed to continuing that. So this is, this is the first. You cannot separate people like this. Black and white, you know, left or right, whatever it is. I was reading earlier today about the Moors, who were the, uh, the very affluent high civilization of Africa, so Muslim civilization that were well beyond their time. And they invaded Europe and colonized Europe before <laughs> Europe rose as a as a power in the world. And so this is this is the cycle of time. First the Africans colonize Europe. Europe colonizes Africa and it continues like this and if you are not able to actually disentangle yourself from the patterns that make people go crazy, the polarization the polarization, I'm sorry, then history will repeat itself forever. A thousand years from now, exactly the same ridiculous patterns are going to be playing out because we're othering people rather than seeing that we all have the same capacity for good and bad inside of us. You have to stop othering people. And this may require an encounter with fear. Because the reason we other other people is because we're afraid. They're different, they propose a risk, whatever it might be, we're afraid. And forces of tyranny will leverage that fear to further the divide. It's an ancient playbook. And a lot of people are unable to see that it's happening now. Because I think we've been trained as Westerners mainly listening to this to to think that it could never happen in our lifetime because we've been reading it in history books right so now that is happening in our lifetime it's almost like we are blind to it also people are blind to the malice that lives in them like i have a lot of malice that lives in me i had to face that at the beginning of the 20 of, of my 20s i was going to say the beginning of the 20th century but the beginning of my 20s where I saw darkness inside of me and it was deep and I've been dealing with darkness ever since in others and in myself because it lives in us all and any person that is oblivious to their capacity for darkness and destruction like Lisa Rankin did when she cancelled Charles she couldn't imagine that she was actually one of the bad guys or bad gals and so all that she was able to do was to project exactly what she's doing onto others. This is what happens when you're not able to face the darkness within. So you have to face the darkness within. One of the important but unpopular things that Jordan Peterson said was, when you look at history and you look at Nazi Germany, you would like to see yourself as one of the heroes of that story or maybe one of the people that were in the gas chambers. And most people are not able to imagine themselves in the boots of the Gestapo or the prison guards of Auschwitz. And the problem is that the people who are not able to imagine that are the very people who are likely to get taken 
by those dark forces in a time of great turmoil. And so I've been speaking to this before, how important it is for you, if you are a nice guy, quote unquote, to face your darkness. Because we're entering into a time now where nice guys will be extremely vulnerable to psycho-spiritual possession. These are the energies that are moving in the collective. And millions of people are about to go insane over the next couple of years. And the only way that you can make yourself completely ironclad in the face of that, completely secure, is to be able to face the possibility that you may be one of the bad guys. This gives you power. This actually helps you heal trauma. Not only does it bring you a certain level of understanding and empathy of people that may have hurt you, but it actually feeds your capacity to set boundaries. Your darkness is a good thing. And so, so this is where the warrior archetype needs to be resuscitated. You know, you need to revive that warrior from the earth. Just, just have him rise from the earth and stand, stand with him. Become him. Become a warrior. Stand for what is true. Like, it's so hard. You know, I know how hard it is to stand for what is true. It's really hard. Because it makes you one of the odd ones out. I get criticized by people for, for standing for what's true. Of course. Most people who have been standing for truth in history have been crucified or killed. And so... This is the hero's journey that we're being invited to right now. Will we fall for lies or will we stand for truth? And how will we deal with a life where we are being attacked for standing for the truth? Rather than being taken by archetypal forces and the egregore that I spoke about last time, like people like Lisa are. You know, bless her heart. You know, she's a sensitive, vulnerable being and she hasn't been able to to see her darkness and and anyone who's not able to do that are running the risk of the same thing you have to i have to reclaim the warrior the dark warrior i have to it's not necessarily the easiest thing for me because i'm so conditioned to be a magician but boy have i been doing work to reclaim my warrior and it's working Finally, you know, you need a sanctuary. We all need a sanctuary. And this is what the ceremony that I'm going to be running on August the 22nd is all about. To have a embodied feeling of being safe and being harmonious, but also having people that you can be safe with, having a place that you can feel safe. Because you need a base where you can pull away from the crazy world to organize your nervous system to self-regulate, to prepare, to go out again. And in the sanctuary, this negative polarization, you know, let it go. You don't have to pursue friction and conflict in life. You don't have to spend your life force that way. I've done a lot of that. I've done a lot of that. And it really isn't an optimal way to live my life. So, the likelihood that we're heading into 
very rocky times is very, very, very strong. And I've been only hinting at it in the past, but now I'm telling you flat out, prepare yourself. Because we're likely not going to get through this without shit hitting the fan in a way that is absolutely unparalleled in your lifetime. This is going to be the generational story, the World War II story that we tell our grandchildren. And I think you would want to tell your grandchildren the story of how you were standing with the, the forces of truth and of love. And the only way you can do that is reclaiming your warrior and to stop othering people for their opinions. Find a sanctuary. Like, this is why I get into nature with you guys, because it's a friggin' sanctuary for me. Like, I sit here at this lake and everything seems good in the world. And this energy that I'm bringing into this podcast is only because I've been reading things earlier today. And because I speak to people, I can feel what's happening as well. I'm plugged into the collective when I choose to. And so I can feel it. But... It's a sanctuary. It's a lovely place. And so that is what I have for you today on the sanctuary and the warrior archetype. So let's wrap this up. Okay, beautiful. This podcast for me, I'm sat here looking at the lake and I'm letting some of the fire dissipate. This podcast for me, and I want to thank you for this, it has been a place where I've been able to experiment with ideas that I haven't yet been willing to put out elsewhere. Truth is that I've been afraid. I've been afraid of speaking the truth in a world where people are terrified of it. I've had this martyr thing going inside of me for a long time where I've been afraid of being crucified. And more and more, I accept that, yeah, that may happen. But ultimately, the willingness to speak truth, your willingness to speak truth, is what makes you strong. It's what makes you strong enough to stand tall in the coming times. And make no mistake, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. This is what the August 22nd ceremony is all about. And maybe you listen to this after August 22nd, 2021. Well, in that case, you missed out. Maybe there's a recording somewhere. I don't know. But you missed out. I know that already now. Because I'm feeling into the energy and it's potent. So if you listen to this before August the 22nd, go in the show notes and register for the ceremony because it's going to be special. And then, um, I think that's it, really. I hope... Um, you're really starting to get a sense of how important it is to reclaim the warrior archetype. I know that so many of you listening are nice people, you know, nice guys, nice girls. Most people are in, in this day and age, and I've been one of them as well. And we, of course, are quote-unquote nice because we want to flee conflict. We want to flee danger. But the problem is... When that is such a high priority for you, eventually you will be recruited by the very forces that are pushing propaganda about somebody being dangerous. And I see again and again how nice guys, they have profound vulnerability to being enrolled by the forces of tyranny 
and being the one standing there with their rifle, executing the people that dare to speak up. There is historical precedence for this, so don't be a nice guy. Stand for truth. Please, I beg you. <sighs> I wish I could create a more joyful podcast for you today. But shit's getting serious, so this is what I had for you. Thank you for listening. And uh, let's hope I can give you some better news next Friday. Have a lovely weekend, and I hope to see you in the ceremony. It's gonna rock. Bye. Thank you for joining me in this week's Walking with the Archetypes. It's been a pleasure to spend this time with you. And don't forget, you are invited to come walk with me next Friday when we will take another deep dive into the archetypal realms. To go deeper with this masculine operating system, head over to MasculineOS.com for a comprehensive free guide.